1: From Studio A, he's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. From Northern California, it's Lifeline with Andy Froiland.
2: Hi there and welcome to Lifeline. Andy Froiland, yep, I don't sound like Craig, that's because I'm not him. If you want him, you'll have to go elsewhere. And I'm not telling you where, because we've got a really good show tonight, and I want you to stick around. So, in fact, what we're going to do is get things started right off the bat. Um, Second hour, let me tell you this, second hour, we're going to go on location. And it's really cool. We traveled to Redding, California. We're going to visit with an author who is a dear friend of mine up in Redding and talk about his latest book, which I think should be the first thing you think about when it comes to your Christmas list for your children and, dare I say, for yourself. It's a children's book, but it's not just a children's book. And again, we'll talk about that, hour number two. Right now, I want to jump right into it because we've only got a limited amount of time tonight. Brian Johnston joins us. And if you if you remember from uh, previous broadcasts, whether Craig or myself, he is the Western Regional Director for National Right to Life, along with a host of other, uh, just a litany of titles, including father. Which is really cool. I uh, man, I would say uh that's gotta be first on on the resume is father, husband, and uh, uh all around Sherpa. Tens ignorgay when, <laughs> <laughs> when when duty yeah. calls, uh mainly my wife, right? I, I I'm yep. thinking Brian every, every I will need
3: some oxygen for that, Andy. So, yeah.
2: <laughs> i tell you man that's that's the deal isn't it every every guy who's married can attest to the fact that at some point or another we become tens Norgay when our wife deems it necessary
3: right we do whatever's that's right we're here to serve that's the <laughs> honor of being a husband and father it's a deep and, honor
2: and and along that honor i you know we can easily tie that into a really good segue to what we're talking about this evening because as the head of our homes, it's incumbent upon us to at least make sure that uh, our family is knowledgeable, especially when it comes to politics. Uh, we yeah. have an election right around the corner. Um, and here in California, we have uh, some some ballot measures and some people running for office that, uh, my goodness, you really have to be on top of your game to yeah. weed your way through this ballot, don't you?
3: Really do, Andy, and I think I think you're. I thank you for framing it that way in terms of our responsibilities to our family, and really, I think to objective truth. And a lot of people will say, "Well, yeah, Brian, you're pro-life because you're a Christian, and this is all about your religion." But I'll be honest with you this this actually isn't. Yeah. And obviously, I have faith, and our faith is important. But if you look what the founding fathers of this nation said, they said that certain truths are not personal and religious. They're actually self-evident. Yeah, That you just have to pay attention to the objective facts. And they do mention God, by the way. And any, if you have any coins in your pocket, they mention God too. Yeah. And that's our nation. Our nation is built on essential premises. And the first is that... We didn't create ourselves, and the government didn't create us. We have a creator. Now, I didn't make that up. That was written long before I came along, and our founders said that. They don't get further into, te- into theology than that, but they assert that human beings are unique. They're almost like, uh, if you think about the Founding Fathers, they're almost motivational speakers. Right. They said every human being is unique, endowed with rights, given by none other than God. That's pretty extraordinary. But then they they said that to describe what we're about to get into. What's the purpose of government? What's the role of government? What kind of ideas do you want to put into laws? Because laws are basically ideas that that are enforced. So as fathers, whether we're fathers or not, as Christians, and this is a Christian radio station, we are required, we have a duty to think things through. Paul tells Timothy, you need to be apt to teach, slow to speak, and, and quick to listen, but you need to be able to teach what's true, rightly dividing the word of truth. And the purpose, and it not just for our families, but it's for those around us, it's to help them come to an understanding, to help them get untangled from the futility of their minds by which they have been taken captive by the devil to do his will. Right. And so right now we live in a state and if you don't know this you should know that the state of California has legalized killing human babies through all 9 months and your tax dollars actually pay for the abortion industry. That's your money. <laughs> and it's because those people who have taken elective office, they and all they do when you take elective office, you really, you're really you not just there to look pretty. You're not just there to say stuff. All that an office holder does is say yes or no, believe it or not. Yeah. That's why you hire them. There are ideas that come to their desk, and they get to push either a red button or a green button. Yeah. And if you don't know who it is you're voting for, then you could get some bad ideas passed and made law for your state. And that's why we care about politics, because these are ideas that have consequences, deep consequences. So that's I just want to start there. And, and yeah, we have a responsibility to think deeply on these things.
2: All right. Well, that, it's a great place to start. I want to I, I want to add to our starting point a little bit. And then throughout the rest of this hour, hit some of the highlights that are actually on the ballot. And take yeah. a look at each one of these, because they, they require some serious thought as you move into them. But the other thought I wanted to add to our foundation tonight, and you kind of alluded to this a little bit, for for generations, really, uh, well, at least the the last 75 years that I can probably think of, we have had this notion that... The church is to stay out of politics. In fact, we have self-governing rules that pretty much say we, we can't talk about it out of the pulpit. Otherwise, we subject ourselves to the taxation of the land. And so we're not going to do that. And then we have the other side of the coin where we find ourselves being called fundamentalist sellouts that, you know, OK, we are going to dive into this thing and and we're going to make our stand. And each side looks at each other as Compromising the gospel and compromising their Christian faith. Now, that, over the last 75 years or so, that's kind of been on the back burner simmering. And for, for good or bad, right or wrong, along comes Trump. And basically what he does, unbeknownst to himself, is he just kicks that thing up into high, and all of a sudden this pot that's been on the back burner simmering is now boiling. How do you respond to either side of the, this camp that says you're either a sellout to the Christian faith or, you know, I've got ostrich theology, and that's where, that's where we have to stay?
3: <laughs> yeah, uh, wow, There's, that's right. I, I think if you look carefully in reading the scriptures and how they were applied at the time when so it's important to go back to read the scriptures and yes, apply them to our time, but look at that time and space. If you look at Paul's adventures, he was very, very much aware of the lawmakers of that time. He was an interesting man, Paul. Saul of Tarsus was a Roman citizen and not everybody in Tarsus was, He was, and not everybody in the Roman Empire was, he actually used it, and very specifically for political purposes. Uh, Ego Kiwis Romani was one of his favorite, I am a Roman citizen. So when he was being beaten, when he was, no, he actually wanted, when you read the Acts, he wanted to go to Rome, because that's where laws are made. That's where those who took, care you might say of the jurisdiction of the roman empire that's where they made decisions
2: he wanted to meet nero or uh, the the roman emperor right
3: oh yeah he wanted to go all full bore and in his speech to agrippa in acts 24 he was so happy to be talking to agrippa because agrippa was responsible for all of that part of the world and he said, I count myself happy to talk to you for a couple of reasons. One is you're the, you know, you're the king. But next is that you are familiar with the customs and questions of the Jews. And I'm going to explain all of that to you because it'll resonate with you. This is, this is stuff that you will recognize. And as if, if, if you read all of the scriptures, and I just had a discussion about this earlier, God throughout scripture says he has revealed himself to everyone through nature. It says that, obviously, in Romans 1.20, God has revealed his invisible nature through his visible creation, so that they are without excuse. It says in Psalms 19, the, the stars are declaring the glory of God. It shows first his handiwork, and there's no land where that language is not understood. God has revealed his existence to everyone. And so one of our jobs as Christians, when I love to share with people, I love when Jehovah Witnesses come to the door, we'll talk about their problem. Jehovah Witnesses don't want to get involved in politics. Jehovah Witnesses make it a a religious badge of honor. We're above that. And so they, they love religious knowledge and the arcane aspects of their personal theology. And somehow that that's what makes them special and they dismiss the rest of reality and the rest of people in this world and and what they call the world system and not when a few that,
2: and not a few Christians yeah. follow that path as well. Brian, I've got to take yeah. a quick time out. Let's put a bookmark right here. Yeah. We'll pick up the conversation when we return. Brian Johnston, my guest here on Lifeline tonight. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts. Second hour. I've got a good friend who will talk about his latest book that you'll definitely want to put on your Christmas list. Back with Brian Johnston in just a moment. Right now, we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center. We have a look at your commute.
1: And now, from our Northern Command Studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froiland.
2: And we're back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froiland this evening. Welcome to our Friday edition. Brian Johnston joins us this evening. He is the... uh, He's the Western Regional Director of National Right to Life, also just a a, a good friend, not only of myself, but uh, of, of Lifeline as well, and very knowledgeable when it comes to California politics and politics in general, especially as it relates to us as being believers in Christ. Along those lines, we were kind of setting the foundation for the rest of our evening tonight. So, uh, Brian, let's try and pick up where we were before we had to take a break. We were talking about the foundation of uh, politics and Christians and our involvement. Uh, We either have this ostrich theology or this fundamentalist sellout mentality, uh, and and either side seems to think the other side is compromising uh, the Christian faith. And you were leaning on the Apostle Paul. And his yeah. life uh when we left off on on our last segment
3: yeah i th- and I think paul is he's such an extraordinary individual, uh and obviously was at the right place at the right time and used his position and his knowledge of the hellenic and the Greek world. he was a Hellenic. He was a, a Hellenic Jew, but a Roman citizen. And so he intermingled, and, and again, that's really what the Acts are, are about in so much of the New Testament. He talks about that. We talked about his relationship to King Agrippa and then still wanting to get to Rome itself. And eventually the church prospered and changed the Roman Empire dramatically. But the Old Testament, we without Daniel... Look, I'm going to mention just a few names of politicians, you might say.
2: <laughs> exactly. These are
3: politicians, very yeah. important politicians. They may not have been the supreme authority, but what they did, again, think of them as Christian believers. Let's call them believers. Daniel, yeah. Joseph, Hezekiah. These are individuals. And again, all of the Old Testament is chock full of believers who made it a point to defer to their leaders. I mean, the number of times that that Daniel says, oh, live forever, O oh king. And really that was a greeting in that culture. In other words, I respect you. He didn't think he would, but he wanted him to live forever. Right. He wanted him to follow God. And, and apparently uh, Cyrus did actually have some kind of a, there was, right. You know there was a respect for the for Daniel's God.
2: Well, doesn't and, I mean to try and get things going here because I do want to get to our ballot yeah, here a bit. But we got to go through the list, yeah. exactly. But doesn't our own Constitution demand that we the people? I mean, if this government is indeed a government that is governed by we the people, Christian or not. And most of the framers of of our Constitution were at least deists, uh, if not Christian. Um, Doesn't that preclude that we need to be involved?
3: Well, that's right. Exactly. Nature abhors a vacuum. So there are people doing this. And if the ones that are doing it aren't Christians, then you're going to have some bad laws. If, you know, if what Daniel and Joseph and Hezekiah did, if you're willing to do that. Esther and
2: Mordecai.
3: There you go. Thank you. We can Exactly. And that's so exciting. And the fact that they got close and offered, you know, Mordecai really got, he had offered wisdom many, many years before Esther. And that's the reason that. That he had his position, so just reg, he was kind of a regular guy, you might say, right? Um, and Esther happened to be a princess, but they would offer advice and wisdom and truth to those in authority. It was their duty to do so, and that's what Mordecai told Esther. No, this is your duty.
1: Yeah. You
3: you have to do this. So I, I do. I have. Great respect, by the way, because I personally, as a Christian, believe the bottom line is your relationship with Christ. Right. If if you don't have a relationship with God, then just don't go around blabbing about it. That essential is the relationship with God, but that's the beginning point. We must be born again, but then we got to grow up. And so God wants mature Christians to be involved in our culture as the salt and we don't want that salt to lose its savor. We want to be offering what's really true to these folks. So that's why we're going to talk about California politics. Now, I think this weekend is probably the most important weekend for California that we faced in a very long time. Yeah. There's the, in some places, there's low voter turnout. I believe that's what's expected. And wow. part of it. Yeah, it's stunning. Millions are being spent by the Democrat party now. One, I just got a report just before you call, Andy, that uh Mayor Bloomberg, by the way, he's he's a registered Republican. He's an extremely progressive man. Right. Mayor Bloomberg is not dedicated to Christian principles in policies. He has thrown another 9 million dollars into California into just two congressional races.
2: Wow.
3: And the reason you have to understand that is Should the Democrats, even by one one seat, if they should take back Congress, everything comes to a stop. The gavel goes to Nancy Pelosi and there'll be nothing but grief, nothing but grief, Mm -hmm. nothing but grief for this president and for anything that any issue that that believing Christians care about in public policy it will come to a, a halt. So he spent nine. But here's the important thing about the nine million. The people that are inclined towards – this is all for get out the vote. And someone told me that what they're going to do, they have people that you give them 100 bucks for every ballot they can bring in. These people fan out throughout a district, and they go through people who have not voted that are – they know are Democrat votes, but they're just not voting, and they go and pound on the door until they get the ballot. And it's not unlike – if you remember Tammany Hall, those of you who remember American history – That was the machine. It's a political machine that collected ballots from. In that case, it was New York Irish, and I'm a a more recent New York, excuse me, more recent Irish immigrant. But that was very common. That that uh, you know, my folks came over after World War II, but in Tammany Hall, they came over by the boatload, and the Tammany machine owned those votes, and. They would just collect the votes and put them in. So that's literally happening in California now. And it is New York money. Mayor Bloomberg. So, Brian, can.
2: How, do you, how do you tell somebody then uh, who is a conservative with Christian values and morals uh, to go out and vote when it seems almost useless well, it's California. not.
3: That's the exciting thing now. That's the exciting thing. And so let's talk with the top of the ticket, John Cox. Right, John Cox is pro-life. John Cox is incredibly common sense. And again, that's how we kind of started. To be honest, if you're a Christian, you should really be looking. At, you're not pushing your religion on people. To be honest, you're pushing common sense. Right. That that's it is self-evident truths. The things that you and I believe in, Andy, as good ways to live. The fact that you know, I, I want to be a good father and a good husband. Yeah, my, my faith tells me to do that, but it's also just common sense. Right. And so all of these weird ideas, I mean, when you have a father and a triad, you know, a a decathlete who declares and everybody has to believe he's now a woman. Yeah. And, And we have to believe. it. And now it's law. And there's actually laws in California that if you call someone in a nursing home who believes that they're the other gender, if you call him, he wants to be her. And if you use the pronoun him, you've you've broken the law. Man. Now, there's a certain point. Well, you know what? It doesn't even matter what my religion is. Uh, that this is violating common sense, right? And there's actually a shot, believe it or not, for John Cox. But then also down the ballot, and if you go down the ballot. There are several issues that we can I, we can talk maybe later about why I think even some Democrats are not voting this go around. There's reasons. Well, There's I, reasons for
2: that. And, and I was going to ask you, too. We've got to take a quick time out here in just a moment. But real quick, who's outspending who when it comes to Gavin Newsom and John Cox? And uh, does John have an actual chance at this?
3: Yeah, he does. And we can talk about that. Yeah, Gavin Newsom's throwing a lot more money and is part of the Getty oil family. He's also uh, he, he's related by marriage to Mrs. Pelosi, and she was one of his political sponsors early on. So there's a lot of that kind of money being thrown. But as I said, they have to throw a whole lot of money to make up the difference. Our people vote values. Right. And that's what we want to do. We want you to go out and really vote for what you believe in they have to almost hit people over the head with a club and and get groupthink you know you're you need to vote this way because we all vote this way right and therefore that you know it's the Tammany Hall politics you you better you better vote for progressivism or you're not part of the revolution are you are you part of this resist or not
2: do Who's you, side you do you want do you think that uh jerry brown has set the stage for something to vote against for most voters or has he lent uh the Gavin News lent to the Gavin Newsom appeal.
3: Well, I, I think Jerry Brown is, to be honest, as radical. He's a radical, mm-hmm. but he, he's not as radical as Gavin Newsom. But people no, don't he's understand. Not. Yeah, and, and and I think Jerry Brown, in many ways, by the dominant media, has been given a pass. They don't criticize him, as William F. Buckley said years ago. The media does not believe there's any enemies on the left that that was a book by William F. Buckley. no enemies right. so if you're a progressive anyway well you know maybe you're just a little bit out there but no you you know we understand where you're coming from whereas if you are not a progressive well then you are the problem you're a religious person you're stuck you're a hyper conservative you're a, you're a, a nationalist no excuse me if you're na- if you believe in the in the nation as having proper borders we're going to call you a white nationalist. It's code. Yeah. yeah. And so any of these things, you get attacked, and that's to dissuade you from basically standing up for what you believe and giving voice. And I, I really want to encourage people that they do so with love and respect. And and I I actually end up doing it all the time. And, and I try to smile and laugh and explain how actually, you know, what they said isn't. It doesn't make sense. And we want to help you make sense of this. Because If it's not a human, ba- if we on abortion, you know what? If this is not a human baby being killed, if it's not, I'm on their side. Yeah. I give up. But if it is, I can't, I can't ignore it. So, All right. is, yeah.
2: Yeah. Western Regional Director, National Right to Life, Brian Johnston, our guest tonight here on Lifeline. Quick time out. Check your traffic. Back with more as the conversation continues surrounding the up coming midterm elections right here on lifeline off to the kfx traffic center with a look at your commute now
1: and now from our northern command studios back to lifeline with andy froiland
2: and we're back. It's Lifeline. Andy Froyland in for Craig Roberts. Don't forget, uh, second hour of Lifeline tonight. I've got a very dear friend. We'll, be, uh, we'll head north. We'll take Lifeline on the road. We'll go to Redding, California and spend some time with an author of a book that I think needs to be in your bag of goodies for this Christmas season that's coming up. Um, I think it's going to be an amazing Christmas gift for kids and parents alike. It's one of those rare children's books that uh, needs to be on the shelf. And we'll talk about that. Hour number two. Right now, Brian Johnston is our guest, Western Regional Director of National Right to Life. We're going over your official ballot for this coming tuesday and looking over some of the highlights of it anyway uh brian as as we left we were wrapping up with gavin and john
1: yeah,
2: and i really maybe. hope john gets in I, that is my prayer
3: well, uh, we just need make sure your friends and you know this sunday tell you the folks at church if you voted yet vote your values you know john cox represents our values and, and just remind people to vote and, and don't be dissuaded during the break. Andy and I we were talking how a lot of Christians are dissuaded. Yeah. Oh, you can't do anything. That's their goal. Yes. You need to understand that's the goal of our opposition is if they dissuaded you, they've always won. That's that if you don't go to battle, that's what. Uh, read books on military history. That's the purpose of going to battle and showing a strong army is just say, oh you know what let's don't fight this isn't worth it and now they've won. Yeah. And so that's the methodology that's being used against us and by the dominant media culture and by our political opponents. Oh, just shut up and go home. Yeah. Well, don't don't do that. At least vote your values. This is the chance. The one time because it is policymakers that make policy election time is the one time your vote has incredible significance. If you try to lobby them next year when they're looking at a bill. Hey, if it's if it's not somebody who already agrees with you or is inclined towards you, that's really hard. Yeah. But when you vote, you you have such an impact. So don't give up on that. Constitutional offices are those all the way down that everybody listening will vote on. And those are all important. And John Cox is the most important one. Um, You had mentioned uh, Secretary of State Mark Muser. That's important because of what we were talking about earlier. And that is the voting habits. There's a lot of people on the voting rolls that don't belong there. And California is notorious for that. Again, the, our dominant media culture does not dive into that. But there's been investigative reporting of literally there's millions of people registered to vote that that are either dead or moved away. And yet they're still on the rolls. Yeah. And uh, certain people already know that. Yeah, and my so- My
2: dad is voting Democrat for the first time this year. And. You know, since he's died, I, I 10 years ago, I, I was really shocked by this. Um, of course, we buried him in Chicago. So I, it, it only makes sense, right?
3: Yeah. And that, it, it sounds like a joke, but it, they're actually California has that problem. Yes, we do. And, and, and I talked to, to friends that are and I said, you know, I tell you what, why don't we at least have the voting procedures they have in Mexico? And they all because they, they think that somehow if you want voting procedures, you're bigoted against Mexicans. Not at all. There's a lot of Hispanic people in California. I want them voting if they're here legally. Yeah. But in Mexico, in order to vote, you have to show your driver's license. Yes. You have to show him a photo ID and you have to give a fingerprint in order to vote. Wow. And you think about it, anything else, anything else in our city, if I'm going to rent a rent something from somebody. If I'm going to have any other contractual agreement with anyone, I get asked for my ID and, and you don't have to do that in California. You actually just in California, you go up and you give your address and then you sign. And unfortunately that procedure is an invitation to the unscrupulous, right? It's sad, but it's true. And so Mark Muser wants to clean the voter rolls. And a really great guy. I'd recommend strongly Mark Muser. Attorney General Javier Bercera inherited that post from our now U.S. Senator. Um, oh, I'm spacing her name. But um, the uh, the new U.S. Senator, pretty young lady from Northern California.
2: Oh, yeah. yeah.
3: Um, and I, I'm sorry about that. For,
2: you scared but, it out of me, too. <laughs>
3: but, uh she was. She's very much a progressive ideologue, and and unfortunately, and Javier Barcera more so. He has prosecute and persecute David deliden who did the expose of the Planned Parenthood selling of human baby body parts, and that was a very powerful video. Planned Parenthood does not want that known, and uh, Javier Barcera is supported by Planned Parenthood and the abortion industry, and Judge Bailey. Judge Stephen Bailey is a retired judge. It's not just that I know him and have met him, but other good Christian groups and pro-family groups are really excited about Judge Bailey. So please support Judge Bailey. I recommend for Attorney General.
2: Do we do we have any numbers, Brian, on these guys and how they how they stand right now in the race?
3: Polling is really hard. Uh, some polls show him ten points out, and others four. But um, he still has to close the gap. What I want to remind folks is that polling is really opinion. And none of these polls that are now out were taken before. Now people are voting, and we don't know how they voted. And so the real question is, what are the polls that close at 8 o'clock on Tuesday? What will they show? Because that's what people do. Right. Right. It's one thing for people to tell you, they're oh, I'm going to do this, I think this. But it's, the real issue is who will actually do it, who will vote. As I said, that's why the Tammany Hall machine, I say that tongue-in-cheek, but that's why you have hundreds of, well, $9 million. And one guy said, yeah, it's 100 bucks. They hire people. You get me these votes, bring them back, and we'll drop them in the ballot box. We'll give you 100 bucks for each vote. And so people do that, and that's the Democrats doing that. Right. They need people to get – we, on the other hand, don't have that kind of money. We don't play that way. We need to motivate people. Vote your values. Regardless of what you hear by the dominant media, vote your values. Your vote does matter. So uh, Stephen Bailey, um, again, I don't know the polling on that, um, but there's, there's other posts as well. Uh, Poisoner for Insurance Commissioner, if we didn't catch him. And then for most of the listenership in uh, – KFAX, uh, the Board of Equalization is all of Northern California other than coastal. And uh, so that is a lot of Bay Area counties, and that's Ted Gaines for the first district of the Board of Equalization.
2: Yeah. Very
3: important there.
2: U.S. State Senator Dianne Feinstein has somebody running against her, Kevin DeLeon. Both of them Democrats, Democrats. you just you just take a pass on this one. Do you, do well, you... you know,
3: there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways. We'll get to some other offices like this. There's several that have two Democrats. In this particular one, I do know Kevin De Leon. He was president pro tem of the Senate. I actually got stuck in an elevator with him and had a great visit. Uh, he's very I was very relational. We had a great visit and we talked political philosophy. But he's not one of us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Senator Joel Anderson, who's a dear friend. Uh, has spent a lot of time with him. He told me, no, this guy is beyond. He's well. And if you recognize what happened in the Kavanaugh hearing, right? of all people, it was our U.S. Senator Dianne Feinstein. And a lot of people feel very strongly she was posturing as an extremist in order to make sure she doesn't lose too many votes to this guy because he is an extreme progressive. And again, that's been confirmed by people who have worked with him he is way out there and uh again i personally i'm passing on that one yeah uh, yeah,
2: uh, the Dem-Dem the uh, uh, votes, I, I, I tend to overlook those and just keep moving along myself. That's, it's like, man, that's right. darned if you do and darned if you don't. My guest is Brian Johnston. We're going through the official ballot for the state of California here tonight on Lifeline. We have more to continue as we take a quick time out and we'll be back with the conversation and Brian Johnston. Right now, we're off to the KFAX Traffic Center. Let's take another look at your commute.
1: And now from our Northern Command studios, back to Lifeline with Andy Froyland.
2: And we're back. It's Lifeline, Andy Froyland. Uh, next hour, uh, as soon as Brian leaves us here, we're going to head north for an off-site Lifeline. We'll be talking with a, a very good friend of mine, Brandon Walden, who has authored a book, children's book, which I believe needs to be on your wish list for Christmas. Not only is it an amazing children's book, but it's an amazing adult book as well, and we'll talk all about that. Again, coming up, hour number two. Right now, Brian Johnston, the Western Regional Director of National Right to Life, joins us as we continue perusing your ballot and what it looks like and uh, offering up some ideas and thoughts on how to vote and why, and uh, as as we look through all this, obviously there are a lot of Democrat-Democrat runs that you can kind of just... Skip over Uh, any other ones before we move to the bonds and the propositions, Brian, are there any other uh, races that you're looking at that uh, need to be before our audience?
3: Well, you know, I'm thinking the Bay, the one exception, well, it's actually a Democrat versus independent. And that is in the Sacramento area against Senator Pan. I don't think the independent has got that much of a chance. Uh, And he did not return a pro-life questionnaire. But you should know that Senator Pan is absolutely committed to the abortion industry. You might say owned by the abortion industry. Wow! Yeah, I'm, I'm in that district, and even though I couldn't get an interview with this guy, to me it was worth voting against Senator Pan in a sense, sending a message. Right. But there's there's a lot there. Um, All yeah. Right. The,
2: Yep. good enough. Measures, uh, bond measures. A- and again, uh, I know that uh, especially for you guys at the National Right to Life, uh, uh, Prop 8 is, is one that you guys are really passionate about. Tell us about Prop 8.
3: <laughs> well, we did take an official position on Prop 8. It basically creates a government rationing of specifically dialysis treatment. Now there is the federal government is funding dialysis in California, and no time to talk about that, but kidney disease is a big problem for Americans. Uh, but Prop A is a state takeover of that. And there's certain unions that want to take it over and it would allow rationing. And we don't like that. So right. we're no Prop 8. On a personal level, you and I were talking Andy and it's my philosophy and I think yours one of the situations, if you look at the founders of America, they said there's certain principles that need to be protected. And beyond that, the founders said you need to restrict government because they'll keep co- growing and growing. And and we we don't have time to talk about that. I have with, with uh, Craig at times, but Thomas Hobbes, uh, all of the founders read political philosophy and knew that government will continue to feed itself. Um, the only bill that I personally am voting yes on is Prop 6. And ironically, the way it's in the, the book, it sounds like, oh, it's prohibiting stuff. Prop 6 simply says, no, that's the gas tax. Yeah, and yeah. we are the most heavily taxed state and the most heavily taxed of our petroleum for gasoline tax. The problem is that that money has been thrown into the general fund. And this is very common with government. They will tax you. They'll tax anything that moves, <laughs> and mm-hmm. and I didn't make that phrase up. I think that was Ronald Reagan. But they'll tax. But then how they use that money is not often for what they say it is. Right. And and so they haven't fixed the roads. That gasoline tax is supposed to go for the upkeep of our roads. They haven't done that. And so when you vote, we're asking. Uh, let me go, go back. This is not National on Life. This is me personally speaking. But I vote yes on six because it's saying, look, you can't keep taxing us and then spending on other things. And that's what they've been doing. And, and again, back to Jerry Brown, he, he stole a lot of that money to create this fictitious bill, bullet train. And he also, if he had some money, then he could steal money from the federal government. That's become a billion, multi-billion dollar boondoggle that nobody had asked for.
2: That's like the bridge up in Alaska or the road to nowhere in Alaska out of Cordova.
3: That's right. And so that's the nature of government. Our founders saw that, and we're not the first to recognize that. The American founding was all about we've got to restrict government because otherwise, once you get power and you can take money from people, you don't want to stop doing it yeah, unless the people make you stop. So that's the gas tax, and it's been misrepresented in the ballot. It says, it says something like, oh, this is to prevent any any improvements. That isn't what it says. It basically, no, it restricts how much more taxes. We are already very heavily taxed on fuel taxes, but it's gone into the general fund into kooky projects.
2: Well, and you know, Brian, I think that the, the, the nature of the writing of this prop is in our favor. Uh, typically... Californians always, you know, they, they go contrary to my dad. My dad always said, if it's a bond measure, vote no. Uh, right. You know, and, and there's wisdom in that. Because yeah. everybody else votes yes. They just look at it, and they don't read it, and they just vote yes, 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 yes. And it, you're right. As I read six, I'm thinking, I want to vote for that. Yes. And I'm thinking, this is good. The way it's all laid out, I think it's laid out in our favor for a good. win on six. I, that could just be me. I, you know, I could get shot down come Tuesday. But uh, that one looks like we may get that one anyway, uh, yeah. simply because of the way California votes on bond measures usually. Uh, quick question. Yeah. Here's yeah. one. Why did the California Supreme Court strip Prop 9? What was it that they stripped it out of our vote?
3: I, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> that's one that i'm, I'm there's, there's there's things i don't know yeah that's one of them. <laughs> that's so, one
2: i don't know either it's it's like yeah. yeah prop nine was removed from the ballot by order of the california supreme court well you had to put that in there huh just yeah man that now i'm gonna go kill a cat because i'm curious so <laughs> <laughs> anything yeah. else i what what about what do you think of seven Prop seven conforms California daylight savings time to federal law allows legislature to change daylight savings time period legislative statute. What does yeah. that do?
3: Well, you know, that's another one. I'll leave it to a person's opinions. You know, Arizona doesn't observe. And I think Indiana does not observe daylight savings times. And it's, it's really a matter of debate. Uh, but I, you know, I'm, I can go either way on that. I, I, uh, I know why daylight savings time was instituted to try to get more work in the summers, more daylight working time, and but you know that's that's a matter of opinion. I, I don't yeah. know what you think on that. Yeah.
2: Then uh, you know Prop 13. Um, it's it's not on the ballot. I wish it was. That that is to uh, allow the state of Jefferson to secede from California. <laughs>
3: Yeah, well, as a Northern Californian, as a Jeffersonian, I figured you would go for that.
2: Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, I, I, I'm i actually on the state of Jefferson Border Patrol. Are
3: you really? <laughs> I am. That is great. That's funny. Well,
2: are you armed? <laughs> um, moving along. No. <laughs> Seriously, though, uh, you know, it is interesting. I, I actually wondered if that Prop 9 was the attempt to... Uh, to, to break up California into three states.
3: Oh, you know, I don't know. I, didn't, I don't know if it ever got a number. I, I, I
2: know they had a lot of, uh, lot of signatures, but I don't know. I, I thought it went to court. I, again, like you, I'm, I'm kind of in the dark on that one, which also, what? that one struck me as odd. I mean, you want to break up California into three states. Meanwhile, <laughs> since 1942, up here in Northern California, we've been fighting for the same thing, and, and it's, it's a simpler, easier fix. I agree. uh, Yeah, that one never made sense to me.
3: You know what it says, though, Andy? It says this, that typical voters are tired of what Sacramento's been doing. Yes. The normal person is fed up. Yeah. And that was the significance of that. This has got to change. And I I agree with that. There's the centralized. We are the most populous and richest state in the nation. We are a nation. We have more people in Canada. It's just it's it's mind-boggling, and so I, I think that was a, an appeal of frustration with what's been happening in Sacramento. The answer is vote those people out, vote out the kooks. Yeah, exactly, That's the only right now,
2: and that is what we are required to do, required by law and required by I believe scripture. I believe God has given us. I, you know, if we have set up our our government such that it is by we the people, then. We have an obligation, whether it's midterm or not, to go out and vote. And, and like Brian said, uh, make it count, because it does. It really does. Uh, even if come Wednesday your guy didn't get in, um, it still counted, and it still yep. made a difference. And the more that we get out to vote, the more of us that go out to vote, the thinner the margin becomes. Those kooks, they take notice. That's like a yeah. poll to them, and, and they value that, those numbers. And if we can shave the margin, at least, it gives them pause to consider and take notice that uh, it's not going to be an easy ride, as they thought. Brian, and, thank and you.
3: Can, can I remind people to go yes. to California, californiaprolife.org, and it's all yes. spelled out, no hyphens, and you can see all of the races We didn't touch on some because the Bay Area hasn't been that competitive. There are some inland. You can see them there. Uh, But californiaprolife.org has the stances of all the candidates. Wonderful. And throughout the state. And in some counties, we go down to school board. So go to californiaprolife.org, californiaprolife.org, and look at voter information, and you can get it all there.
2: Brian, thank you for joining us here tonight on Lifeline.
3: Thank you, Annie. Brian Johnston,
2: Western Regional Director, National Right to Life. We have to take a time out, check your traffic. When we come back, Brandon Walden will join us. Actually, we'll join him up in Reading. That's after a look at your commute, and we pay the bills. Off to the KFAX Traffic Center for a look at your traffic